Welcome to the Transform Podcast. My name is Andrew. I'm here with special guest PJ Arswald. Welcome, PJ. Thank you, Andrew. Good to be here. PJ is our campus pastor at what we call Renewal Church in the Highlands of Denver. If you're looking for a solid biblical teaching community, uh, if you're seeking out the meaning of life and finding purpose, and you want a community to, to support you on your spiritual journey, Renewal Church is awesome. You can check them out at RenewalDenver.org. Today, the question is, is it possible to truly be humble? <laughs> so like, can a person really uh, actually get there? Yeah. And, I, and I think it's a really good question because it's, um, it's throughout the New Testament that we're in, invited to be humble. Uh, for those of you that are tuning in, uh, I think it's, uh, and if you're tuning in and you're not from a biblical background or uh, well-versed in the scriptures, I think it's the, uh, maybe a bridge I would build would be people who are just not all about themselves, not mm -hmm. all about their own glory, not all about their own ego, but these are people that are able to live their life in selfless service to others. Yeah. And I think that's a virtue probably uh, Jesus, uh, obviously in the scriptures, unpacks for us. But then in addition, there are definitely non-Christians who would say selfless service is a good idea for society. Um, so I heard this from Pastor C.J. Mahaney, okay. and he wrote the book Humility. And he's, he goes, I am not humble, but by God's grace, I am pursuing humility. Hmm. And I, I truly believe that just because of the fact that we have our sinful natures, PJ, yeah. we can never be as humble as Jesus Jesus is the ultimate form of humility. He's the one that uh, died on the cross to save other people. He's the one that forgave enemies while they were crucifying him. Like, yeah. no one does that, right? But I like what C.J. Mahaney said in that he's pursuing humility by the grace of God. But just to give a short answer to the question, the answer is yes. I don't think the Bible ever says, hey... Love others, but you can't. Or <laughs> yeah. be patient, but you can't. You can't. Don't worry about it. Yeah. yeah. Be joyful, but you can't. No. It says be humble, and God's grace leads us to that point. Yeah. Any, any thoughts and reaction to that? No, I think it's a great way to start. Um, you think all the way back at the, the first humans, um, we're asked just to live according to God's will, His word, just do what He says. And it was kind of out of pride, out of selfishness that they disobeyed and chose to take matters into their own hands. And um, from that point forth, there was a, a curse put upon um, the whole world. And so, yeah, as, as people, we carry with us a bit of the image of God, and yet it's tainted by this curse of sin. And so I think that's a, a good way to put it, that by God's grace, um, we are continued to be conformed to the image of Jesus. As you said, He is humility embodied. Um, the pinnacle, the picture of it, this is what it looks like. He was humble in every sense of the word. And so the Holy Spirit leads us to that way. And so where Pastor Mahaney's saying is obviously like, in this lifetime, we're never going to reach that perfect level of humility. There's no point where it's like, yep, I got it. I'm humble. Don't need to worry, worry about that. Um, and yet at the same time, like you said, God did not say this just to make us feel bad about ourselves. Like, oh, I can't be humble. Okay. Um, but this is something that he wants for us and that he has promised to continue to bring us up in and to um, help us to grow in humility um, as part of his children to the world. Yeah, that's very well said, PJ. And we are seeking to imitate 
Jesus. And this is why we're putting him up as the ultimate form of humility is because it says that although he was in the form of God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Mm-hmm. So in other words, even though he is equal to God, he has a divine nature, we believe, as followers of Christ. Yeah. He humbled himself to the point of death, even death on the cross. And it also says he emptied himself. Yep. And I was going to say, I love that too, because that passage starts off with, take for example, brothers, our Lord Jesus. So quite literally, take as Jesus as an example of humility. And then what you just said, look at how humble he was as the king who would empty himself as God, who would become man. He humbled himself in such a significant fashion. And then, like you said, it's an example for us. Mm -hmm. So how did Jesus, he never thought less of himself. He knew he was the king. Yeah. He knew he was Lord. You don't say stuff like, before Abraham was, I am. Right. Claiming to be God. Yeah. Yeah. He said, on earth, the son of man has authority to forgive sins. Like he knew who he was. He didn't mm-hmm. think less of himself, but my goodness, he did think about himself less often mm-hmm. for him to do everything that he did in selfless service and sacrifice and healing others and being go, go, go all of the time for others. And so there's that famous quote from C.S. Lewis, and I think I want to unpack it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think there's a great book that's influenced uh, me lately that we're going to read as a staff. It's called The Freedom of Self-Forgetfulness by Timothy Keller. And it's The Pathway to Christian Joy is the subtitle. And he quotes from C.S. Lewis, who said these famous words, humility is not thinking less about yourself. It is thinking of yourself less. Mm -hmm. So the whole book is unpacking that. Yeah. And it's about 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and 4, where Paul really shows that man, he really is truly living his life of humble, selfless service for the cause of Christ. And he doesn't care if he dies for his faith. He doesn't care if he's put in jail. He only cares if he is finishing the course God gave him. Mm -hmm. So man, think about like a movement or a purpose that that man had. And then here we are, of course, we're Gentiles 2,000 years later who owe our faith to his legacy of spreading the gospel. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And I think that that quote from Lewis that you shared is so, so powerful. And it's pretty well known at this point, but I think it's something to always go back to because sometimes humility is just thought of as, oh, I have to think that I'm bad all the time. Um, I, I have a friend who struggled with this. Um, we were in college together and he is one of the brightest people I've ever met. And... He wanted to be humble, but he garnered a lot of attention for just being really smart, really talented. And I remember having to have some conversations with him and we were kind of wrestling with things because his version of what he was trying to do is be humble, but he would just say, oh, I'm so dumb. I'm so bad at this. And it really frustrated other people because he would get done with a test and be like, man, I really bombed that test. I'm such an idiot. And then he'd have the best score in the class. And everyone would say, well, if you think that's dumb, what do you think about me? You know, this, what we call false humility. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's not thinking inaccurately about yourself and thinking like, oh, I, I suck all the time. I'm bad at this. You can acknowledge you have these gifts, um, but like you said, what is, what is your focus on? Is your focus on yourself and how good or bad you are? Or is your focus on the glory of God doing what he's set out before you? Um, yeah, so not being so focused on yourself, um, but also you don't have to just 
minimize yourself all the time and like, mm-hmm. yeah, just tear yourself down. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess I'd say, PJ, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say that the ability to think of yourself less is a discipline? Oh yeah, because come naturally. We're we're not like a, we're born with a sinful nature, mm-hmm. so we're born not humble. We're born selfish. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, the 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 op, the opposite of humility in scripture is pride, um, and pride literally means swollen or overinflated. Um, it has to do with your ego. Yeah. So pride is going to want you to think about yourself always to turn in on yourself consistently. And so how do we think of ourselves less and practice that discipline on a daily basis? I'm kind of wondering PJ, if it's going to take, um, new practices, new habits. See, cause if you've had the habit of thinking about yourself all the time and seeking glory all the time, yeah, just to just hearing this nice quote from C.S. Lewis, you're going to be like, amen. But then you're never going to be able to carry it out. I think we need the power of the Holy Spirit and we need some discipline and some new practices. Yeah, no, I definitely think that um, you're spot on. It's, it's a habit thing. And sometimes habits aren't given enough love. If anyone wants to read a really good book on the power of habits on our spiritual life, um, James K.A. Smith's You Are What You Love is a great book oh, on wow. um the things we do, the rituals, the practices, how those inform how we think, how we see the world, how we love. Um, anyways, so I, I think you're 100% right. It's really foundational to have habits that point you towards others and not point you towards yourselves. Because what the world offers us is habits that please us, that entertain us, that just meet our demands. Um, yeah, so Andrew, do you, I mean, do you have, when you brought up habits, obviously, do you have any good habits you'd recommend for somebody who wants to practice thinking of others more than themselves? Yeah, I think it's, it's like, I think I would say, think about your routine. Okay, yeah. so is your routine, all right, you probably are rushed. Let's do a Monday through Friday here. Uh, you're rushed to uh, get out the door, uh, get to work. Um, hopefully, you have the ability to come home and eat dinner as a family most of the time. Yeah, hopefully, uh, yeah. If, if you are married, if you're single, and uh, maybe you're alone. Um, so, like, if you are living with other people, I think the question is, do you have the ability to, if, if your previous practice was just to come in and just talk about yourself for 30 to 60 minutes with everyone or your spouse, let's say, or your roommate, yeah, um, is it possible to uh, develop a new habit? Maybe mm. it's to shorten that. Maybe it's to ask them how their day went. Maybe it's to do more listening about the other people in the room. Yeah. Um, if you live alone, maybe it's not just like dwelling on everything that happened that day that's negative, but maybe prayer, maybe going to prayer, yeah. maybe journaling instead. So it's possible that we may need uh, to do a little bit of uh, therapy to ourselves with prayer and meditation before we just dive into all these conversations and start like, bringing our work home to everybody. Um, You know, so that's one thing I would think of. I also think it's an active mental desire to practice gratitude and to think about what is pure, noble, and true daily. Mm. Yeah. Versus if your mind's just used to focusing on the negative, then it's going to take some training 
to focus it on the positive. But I would tell you this, PJ, this is freeing. Yeah. This brings joy. Because all of a sudden, you're just thankful, you're joyful, you're not dwelling on the negative. But here's, a, here's one thing I would share for our listeners who might be interested in this practice, is you're going to notice, like, man, you're used to dwelling on negative and you just don't have anything to think about anymore. <laughs> and, but I would just say, praise God, you don't have to dwell on the negative all the time. You can be free. And so bask in that grace, bask mm-hmm. in that joy. Joy is a fruit of the spirit. Yeah. Go with the joy. You might be like, man, I'm always used to being down in the dumps. <laughs> How am I going to do this joy thing? Hey, the joy thing's a much better life. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's something God wants for us. Like you said, that this, he wants us not to just always be in sorrow and despair. Those are real emotions, so, you know, those aren't bad. But um, it's not a demand that to be humble or, or to be a Christian is just to be moping all the time, just to be sad. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I like that highlighting of joy. I think that's really good. I think it's just a shift. Yeah. So it's a shift from, here's what one great uh, author and leader said. I think I, I would attribute this quote to Maxwell, okay. who wrote all the leadership books. He said, if you need people, you can't lead people. Hmm. So in other words, if you think everybody exists for you um, and you want them to praise you or you want them to serve you or you want them to ask about you all the time. Yeah you're kind of missing an ability that God would give you to bless others and to lead others and to humble yourself before others. This, there's this verse that I think we don't focus in on enough in the church. It's Matthew 20, verse 28, mm-hmm. where it's Jesus says, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. You know, it's like, how did he do that? Mm-hmm. Like, he's the Son of God. We should be serving him. You know, we should be worshiping him, and we do. But I think his example is a paradigm for the people we live with, the mm-hmm. people in our community. Um, if you're a student with your classmates, if you're on a sports team with your teammates, it's, it's just this paradigm of like, you know, people don't exist for me. Mm-hmm. I'm here to bless others and make a difference. Yeah. No, I think that's spot on. And, um, and serving others is, is so joyful. And I think that's one of the nice things that distinguish between joy and like just happiness or just pleasure. Like it's not, hey, don't worry about the bad stuff in the world and just be happy. Go just have fun. But there's real joy in focusing on what God has done, what he's given us to do. Like God is constantly working in this world in all sorts of ways and to celebrate and rejoice in that, even while also holding all of the, the bad in the world um, in the same hand. But um, not just blowing past anything, but seeing the real joy behind it, which again takes a discipline because our default is you, you look at the you know, articles that are recommended to you on Google and it's a bunch of tragedies and it's a bunch of just entertainment to get your mind off of the tragedy. Like that's most of to what escape. we consume. Yeah, escapism. Yeah, it's just I don't want to deal with that. So I'm either going to look at this and feel sad or I'm going to look at this and not think about anything of consequence. Um, so it is a discipline to train yourself and it takes a lot of prayer and reflection and asking God's help to be able to look at the bad in the world and then also to be able to look at the true joys that God has planted, that he's given us, um, and to be able to embrace those and celebrate those as well. Yeah. So when I hear you talking about escape, I think there's forms of escapism that are, can also be not humble and can lead you to just be so focused on yourself too. Yeah. So obviously <clears throat> one way of escaping would be just through 
excessive hard alcohol, you know? So I'm going to forget my burdens in that fashion. Or it could be, I'm just going to have excessive leisure and excessive vacations and try to escape from, you know, my life in that fashion. But if those things become ultimate, like what happens when the vacation's over? What happens when you're, you're hung over the next day. You're just looking for another thing. So it's, and, and by the way, we're, we believe that alcohol is a gift. You know, you and I drink. Uh, we practice gratitude around drinking. We practice relaxation around drinking. We both go on vacations, right? We mm-hmm. believe in Sabbath resting. We believe in going and having fun. We believe in seeing God's creation and praising God for how beautiful this earth is. Yeah. Um, but then I think it's like this humility is going deeper into your heart and soul about what all of these things are for. Um, And so to be able to practice humility, I think requires God to uh, do a work inside of you so that you're fulfilled in him, so that you're not constantly looking for the things of this world to satisfy your restless soul. Yeah. Because uh, St. Augustine said these words, the heart is restless until it finds its rest in thee. And I think that, man, I think we've all lived that. Yeah. We do still at times because we have a sinful nature. Definitely. Um, I was going to say, too, that's where the habits of this world, excuse me, the habits of this world just reinforce that self-pleasure distraction. You think of, like, everything you watch, every advertisement you scroll past. um, Most, I mean, a lot of speakers, a lot of influential people are kind of just selling you on, let me meet your needs. Let me give you fulfillment. Even sometimes service gets portrayed as just a way for you to feel better about yourself. Like, mm-hmm. do you want to feel like you have a life of purpose? Well, yeah, we do. But if that's the only reason that we're serving, like that's not the goal either. It's just so I can feel better about myself once again. Um, most things are presented to us as trying to market themselves as this is for you. You're important and we need to meet your needs. We can help you have a good time. We can help you um, make a difference. And, and again, some of those things are actually really good but they still, at the same time, can be presented in a way that just kind of fuels this, yeah, what do I need? What do I want? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, again, just trying to rewire those habits to not just take in the culture of this world, not just take in the, yeah, this is what I need, this is what I want, um, but to rewire it as what does God want? What do the people around me need? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. PJ, here's a point from Keller's book, okay. which causes the transformed view of self for the Apostle Paul. Paul doesn't care what other people think of him. Okay. He says, I'm not judged by you or by any human court. That's what he says. And then he says, I don't even judge myself. Hmm. So then he says, um, I don't care what, I'm not necessarily my own judge either. So this is countercultural truth. Like we're so taught. You know, do you, be you, you know, it, what matters is what you think of you, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, so we can go crazy with the you stuff. Um, and, and, and that with that said, okay, so Paul says, I don't care what people think. I don't even care what I think about myself. But yet he says, but we do need to be found trustworthy. Mm-hmm. So he's not extreme here. He's he, aware of he, his actions and how they're perceived. And Yeah. Yeah. So the Corinthians need to trust him. You know, yeah. the people... Uh, in your company need to trust you. Your family members need to trust you. Your children need to trust you. Your roommates need to trust you. Mm -hmm. Like that's a part of human relationships and trust is built on 
it, 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 it rises and falls based on your character and how you treat people. However, this he's talking about ultimate things. And what he says is it's not what I think of myself. Actually, he goes, I'm the worst of sinners. Hmm. That's what he thinks. He's, his, yeah. his, his self-awareness is I'm the chief of sinners. Yeah, the worst of them all. <laughs> so talk about low self-esteem. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, his answer is justification. Hmm. Justification as a biblical word means there's been a judgment from the Lord about you. Paul, you have been declared righteous in my sight. Paul, you are my son. Paul, you are my apostle. So there's an identity he's been given from Jesus. So what he says is, it's the Lord who judges me. Um, the Lord is ultimately the audience I'm ultimately pouring myself out to on a daily basis. So talk about someone who's set free mm -hmm. from comparison, from taking criticism too deeply into his soul. I mean, the guy was opposed and persecuted his whole ministry like Jesus, but yet he kept on going and then he maintained such joy. Yeah. So he says the secret is Jesus Christ. Um, man, I, I'd say this. I hope by God's grace I can you know, experience this transformation as Paul did. Oh, 100%. I think that's spot on where the Christian faith, when believed, naturally has to humble us um, because we can't find... If you're going to believe the Christian claims that you're a sinner who needs redemption and that came only as a free gift by the sacrifice and resurrection of Jesus Christ, then you can't find your self-esteem, your, your identity, your um, joy in how good I am, look at all the stuff I've done, um, look at how much better I am than other people. You have to just say, man, I don't deserve any of this. I, I deserve so much worse. And yet God has graciously given me his forgiveness. He's graciously, graciously given me life through his son. I, I can think nothing of myself other than what God has said, which is now forgiven. It is now a child. Um, his judgment has been made and it's yeah. a great thing, but it's not us. It's not what we've done. Thank you for listening. If this was a blessing to you, we would encourage you to pass it along to someone that you also think could be blessed by it. We're also grateful for your uh, listenership. Uh, and if you would like to subscribe and follow us, we would be grateful. Have a great day.